0: Welcome to Today on Broadway for Tuesday, May 8th, 2018. I'm Broadway World's Matt Timonini. And I am Broadway stars James Marino. James, I first, before we get started, I want to thank you for the immense sacrifice that you made in recording this episode with me on Monday night. I know that you had an outfit picked out for the Met Gala and you mm. decided the Met Ball is a Met Ball or Met Gala. I don't know. I don't care. Um, but I appreciate you turning down Anna Wintour's invite to do today on Broadway with me. It means, it means a great deal to me.
1: I had spent a, a good 15 minutes of JCPenney picking out something.
0: <laughs> yeah. What's the, what's the theme nuns or the Catholic church? It would have fit well in with my background, but uh, this whole thing is weird to me. Well, but J- anyway, J.C. Uh, penny has got a whole sound of music line that I've, I, I, <laughs> I, I was testing. You, yeah, you had a very nice, postulant-inspired uh, outfit ready to go. But um, one other thing before we get started. Uh, it was confirmed yesterday that Carousel uh, will be releasing a, uh, uh, an album uh, with the Revival cast. Uh, it was confirmed last night. Officially, they were actually recording yesterday during their dark day. So if you loved the only good thing about that revival, the uh, the singing... You will get a chance to relive it in perpetuity at some point in the near future.
1: Hopefully, they'll make some sort of coffee table book with the uh, choreography in it.
0: <laughs> or in the liner notes, they'll uh, at least put the lyrics of all the songs that they cut. Do you remember those things from the 60s, the, uh, the
1: feet, paper feet that you put on the floor to learn dance moves and things like that?
0: Um, I was not alive in the 60s, well, I mean, but I, sure I you know said, of which you are speaking. Yeah, yes, exactly. So uh, maybe you said, do you remember from the 60s? Yeah.
1: Do you remember in the 60s when Paper Mill got their stuff together?
0: <laughs> no, no, I do not. Um, yeah. So, yeah, yesterday was a was a bit of a surprising, but also not so surprising day, day for Paper Mill Playhouse, James. OK, Now, I don't remember the 60s, but I do remember February in which Paper Mill Playhouse announced that Unmasked, a sort of autobiographical review of composer Andrew Lloyd Webber, would open their 2018-2019 season this coming September. However, yesterday, said regional theater, announced that that, in fact would not be happening. The show created by Richard Curtis and John Doyle, which was to feature classic and new songs by Lloyd Webber, has been canceled for the season due to, quote, unforeseen scheduling issues thanks to Paper Mill's London producing partners. I'm assuming that's, you know, the really useful group over there in London. Um, it. In its place will be another show directed by Doyle, something that I'm sure he helped facilitate, The Color Purple. The current national tour of the show ends in August, so no word if this is just going to be an extra extended stop on their run or if it will feature a new cast, but I would imagine a large majority of that cast and probably the entire set and costumes uh, will be from the tour. The show was scheduled to run from September 26th through October 21st. Now, James, we're used to seeing shows announced for Broadway, that never actually materialized but we rarely see it happen at regional theaters that have subscriber schedules set up well in advance they sell tickets based on it um however the one show that this really brings to mind for me is is it makes me think about the trajectory of prince of broadway how it was announced for broadway back in like 2015 and then at the end of 2016, it finally got on stage for the first time in Japan. Then it finally came to Broadway um, this at the beginning of this past season. Um, aside from the relationship between Lloyd Webber and Prince, maybe the takeaway from this whole hullabaloo with Unmasked and Paper Mill* is that producers have grossly underestimated how difficult it is to create a musical review no matter how incredible the underlying material might be.
1: Yeah, but it's Andrew Lloyd Webber, I mean, and there are other Andrew Lloyd Webber musical reviews already, so they're well equipped to understand the challenges there. I, I think that there's probably more of uh, a story here that we will find out at a later date. But, um, you know, Maybe, this whole, yeah. do you remember the 60s and September <laughs> and things like that reminds me of uh, Earth, Wind & Fire September, which is playing right now. Or, or the Fantastics. Either one. Mm-hmm. No, it's for me. But okay. anyway. All right. Uh, next up in the news, ShowScore to
0: provide data to producers. Yeah, either data or data. I don't, I don't know which one. privacy. Uh, privacy. Yeah. Oh, let's not go there again. But yes, um, yesterday, the theater review site ShowScore announced that it would be changing its business model just a little bit. Um, first and foremost, the site will provide data or data on the preferences from its over 230,000 users to specific productions. If a show has over 100 reviews on its site, the show's lead producers will receive an anonymized look at what users think of the show based on age, gender, demographics, and other factors, as well as what other shows those users might want to see. According to Broadway.News, the plan is for show score to offer that information to lead Broadway producers for free. The site will also change how reviews are displayed, including ranking them from highest to lowest as uh, uh, instead of how they currently do it, which is by influence, as well as moving fan reviews from preview performances down after 50 reviews are received and separating reviews for out-of-town tryouts from those from when a show finally makes it to Broadway. ShowScore will supposedly benefit from these new arrangements by better targeting users to purchase tickets via their platform. Now, James, I I have a ton of questions uh, about this, as nearly nothing from this news makes any sense to me whatsoever. And with all due respect to show score, data from 230K users seems to be a pittance to a Broadway producer. I would imagine that. As you spread that out over the, you know, however many shows those people review, that's nothing compared to the data they would get from either Telecharger, Ticketmaster, or wherever else they're selling tickets. I just don't see the benefit here for anyone, really. I mean, it doesn't seem like this is something that has much of a demand from producers. Um, and I know you have some security concerns uh, for the users as well. So to me, this just seems if I'm calling a spade a spade, to be a little bit of grasping at straws to try to make something different that can find a foothold and and something that can help them monetize the site a little bit more.
1: I don't know. Matt, are you familiar
0: with um, the website Broadway World? I'm fairly familiar. I believe they sign my checks every uh, every other week on the 1st and 16th. They have this uh, message board thing. And Correct. on their
1: message boards, which um, which I'm assuming that there's a lot of people who are registered for Broadway World message board accounts. Mm-hmm. Uh, in my experience, um, it seems to be the same handful of people, and this is generally true across most internet sites. Mm-hmm. So while ShowScore might have two hundred thirty thousand registered reviewers and things like that. I think that the 80/20 rule or even maybe the 90/10 rule might be might come into play here where 90% of all the reviews are written by 10% of the people. I don't have any data to back that up other than anecdotal that's generally what happens across most internet sites. So again, is that useful information to a Broadway producer? I'm not sure that you know Uh, I'm not sure that a Broadway producer wouldn't have that data already.
0: Yeah, there's not enough meat on the bones there.
1: Yeah. So um, interesting, wondering why this change has happened, especially I miss the whole thing that they're going to be providing this data for free. Maybe they're providing the data for free now.
0: Well, what's interesting is is the the article said that they'll be providing it to Broadway lead producers for free. Mm-hmm. So are they are they not going to be providing it to off Broadway producers for free? Because they do have reviews for off Broadway shows. Are they only going to be giving it to the one lead producer, the two lead producers of the show, and then charging the underlying producers? I, I'm not sure how that works. It was a little murky um, in the article at broadway.news and in press releases and stuff. So I'm not I'm not sure if there's a, a money play here in addition to just trying to better sell tickets. But it's just, um, you know, I, I wish them luck. Look, I'm all, I mean, yeah, sure. They're a, a, a uh, competitor of sorts to Broadway world. But, you know, I'm a firm believer in a rising tide lifts all boats. So I want them to do well. But this just seems a little odd or at least not fully explained to me. Maybe
1: it's like the Tony Awards selling Tony Awards to the not only <laughs> producers. You know, <laughs> yes. 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 You're a Tony winner, but you can only prove it if you pay us. Exactly. All right. So let's get into some data that we get from for free from the uh, Broadway League last week's Broadway grosses.
0: Yes, uh, despite the Tony nominations being announced a week ago today, 21 of Broadway's 35 possible shows actually saw week-to-week declines last week. However, buoyed by Springsteen uh, returning to the boards after a week off – Overall, the Broadway box office saw a pretty nice four point six nine percent increase to come in at just under thirty-seven million dollars last week. Following an Edu Ham week, Hamilton was back above three million dollars at three million one hundred and one thousand three hundred and three bucks. It was followed by the Lion King and Harry Potter, both above two million. And then Springsteen and his four shows, Frozen, Dearman Hanson, Hansen, Wicked, Mean Girls, Aladdin, Come From Away, Carousel, The Iceman Cometh, Book of Mormon, Summer Colon, The Donna Summer Musical, My Fair Lady, Phantom, and the first week of previews for the boys in the band, all above seven figures. Now, despite tying with Mean Girls for the most Tony nominations with 12, SpongeBob SquarePants was still at under $566,000. However, most people who see something get nominated for a bunch of Tony Awards don't go out and buy tickets for later that week. They buy them for future weeks. And that's where a new article from our friend Mark Hirschberg at Forbes comes in saying that Spongebob was one of a handful of shows that saw ginormous jumps in ticket sales following the Tony announcements. He said in his article, quote, Ticket sales for the band's visit soared 543% on Thursday and Friday compared to the previous week, while ticket sales for Spongebob Squarepants jumped 337%, Mean Girls grew 146%, and Frozen climbed 72%. He also uh, notes that ticketing apps saw nearly 30% growth following the nominations and that traditionally the increased ticket sales are just the start Of Tony, or or just start after Tony nominations and actually continue throughout the season. If you would like to see a look at the full grosses and all of Mark's article, we will have links to that in the show notes at BroadwayRadio.com. But, James, it is important to remember and to remind listeners that the the grosses that we talk about um, aren't just things that are purchased for that week. They are looking at the tickets sold for that specific week and how much money that brought in. So, if I buy a ticket for a show this week, but it's not for this week, but it's a, it's mm-hmm. in August. That money is not counted until yeah. the show date in August, even if the if the money is deposited in their bank account this week. All right, Matt, what else do we have to cover today? All right. Uh, before we get out of here today, there's a few other stories that we want to make sure that you are aware of yesterday. What started as an ill-timed tweet from a superhero fan convention in the U.K., actually proved to be quite prophetic uh, as it was announced that current Supergirl and former Glee star Melissa Benoist will make her Broadway debut this summer as the title character in Beautiful, the Carol King musical. She'll be playing a short two-month run from June 7th through August fourth. In other news, yesterday, Actors Equity announced that Mean Girls and K-pop star Ashley Park and Jesus hop the A Trains Sean Carvajal have received the Clarence derwent Awards. The honor, established in 1945, is given to the most promising female and male performers, uh, uh, most promising upcoming male and female performers of the New York Metropolitan scene every year. In other award news on Monday, it, it was announced that living legend Kathleen Shalfont would receive the Obie Award for lifetime. Achievement. The 63rd annual Obies will be hosted by John Leguizamo on May 21st. And finally James, yesterday producers announced that the Broadway production of Waitress has released a ton of new tickets. In fact, you can now book for the show through March 31st of 2019. Now James, you and I both know that Having tickets on sale for a date doesn't mean that that date will ever actually happen for the show. Um, Look at Unmasked uh, for a recent example. But for some reason, it just makes me feel good to know that this show is planning to be on Broadway for a while Um, and given – You know, that the that the um, Fran and Barry Weisler have started to bring in pop stars to lead the show. And knowing that Sarah Bareilles is always an option waiting in the wings, uh, you know, depending on her schedule um, as an option to boost sales. I think that we've got at least another year or two of Waitress on Broadway, especially because even if they just finish out this block, they're not going to close on March 31st. Uh, That's that's a date that no show will close because then it leaves a show vacant for the spring. So they'll either close earlier or extend even further. So I would imagine that we'll see another extension of waitress ticket sales into next summer, if not into the fall, through the end of 2019.
1: So, I mean, I understand what you're saying about March 31st, but, I mean, we do have shows that do close, like Faraday and the King and uh, the Amy Schumer show and
0: things like that. But I just— but both, both of those were originally billed as limited runs. That is, is Yes. You know, I so. What mm-hmm. yeah. But anyway, if you'd like more information on any or all of these stories, please check out the show notes at broadwayradio.com. All right. Why don't you get us out of here? All right. Thanks for listening to Today on Broadway. Follow us on Facebook and Twitter at Broadway Radio. And you can find me on Twitter and Instagram at BWW Matt. And uh, Tom Brady looks like a reject from uh, a really bad production of Joseph and Amazing Technicolor Dreamcoat. <laughs>
1: What did Tom Brady do?
0: He's at the Met Gala.
1: Oh, I see. Is he wearing a nun's habit?
0: No, it's just a really weird. He looks like a like one of one of uh, he looks like a bad Potiphar or something.
1: Mm. You never see like big Big Ben Roethlisberger here at uh,
0: events in New York. Well, he's not married to a supermodel.
1: That's true. All right, my name is James Marino from broadwayradio.com and broadwaystars.com. Thanks for uh, starting off your Tuesday with us, and Matt and I will be back and talk with you tomorrow.